0: Welcome to City Stories, the podcast by Energy Cities. I'm Miriam Eisenman and I'm your host. This podcast is for those who want to learn how cities go about with the energy transition, how they take action with courage and creativity. Since 2016, Munich turned two of its neighborhoods into a laboratory. Over a bit more than four years, 20 million euros were invested in testing smart city solutions. That money came from the EU-funded Smarter Together projects, and today I chat with Bernhard Klassen and Verena Stoppel, who both coordinated one after the other the Smarter Together project, one of many innovative projects in Munich. Together with them, I will dive into this large-scale experimentation around energy, mobility, technology and citizen participation, and I will learn together with you about their approach to urban renewal. Verena and Bernhard, I'm really pleased to welcome you to this interview. How are you doing? Thank you. Very good, Miriam. And thanks a lot for having us today. You're welcome. How about you, Bernhard?
1: Same to me. Very nice to hear you and to have this great interview.
0: Okay, cool. So so let's start. Uh, for those who do not know the project Smarter Together, can we start with a quick recap of what Smarter Together was about in Munich? And what type of completely new smart city solutions you've tested in those past years?
2: Sure. Um yeah, smarter Together is um, yeah, I would say the first major smart city pilot project in Munich, um, which takes an integrated look at urban development topics from the question of future and urban mobility and how to make local energy districts a reality through to technological solutions and very important co-creation with citizens and local stakeholders. Um, so Smarter Together was on the one hand side about to develop and test solutions, but also to exchange with partner organizations and partner cities, um, yeah, mainly with the other lighthouse cities, Lyon, Vienna, uh, yeah, in order to exchange and learn from each other. Um what what did we implement concretely? To give mm-hmm. some examples, um, one of our new solutions was to equip um, the lamppost in the project area with different sensors. Um, yeah, the innovative aspect of that was um, a new tender procedure. So in the beginning, in co-creation with citizens, we have defined the application areas, such as environmental data or traffic data, and then published an open call for ideas. So instead of defining the service, we have asked the industry for their ideas. Um, and this was quite new for us in Munich. Um, another solution I would like to mention um in the project area, we've physically pooled various mobility services and um, installed uh, eight um, multi-model mobility stations, which combine sharing services and e-mobility with, uh, traditional public transport, mm-hmm. so the stations offered bikes, e-bikes, uh, utility e trikes e-cars um, and, of course, charging infrastructure as well as a digital information point with an interactive touch screen. Yeah, um, basically to enable users to directly experience the connection between physical and digital works of mobility.
0: Great. So, so all, all was in one spot, and people could could get different services, uh, just uh, yeah, at one spot and by pushing one single button on a screen.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so to make to make uh, to make the, the, the choice of mobility um, quite easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think in an interesting task field here was also the implementation of um, one of the eight stations on private property. I think this is what many European cities are facing. Um, that we are more more and more confronted with the shortage of um public space. Um, yeah, these two examples. I um I picked these two examples because um they show that smart city solutions and at least in our understanding deal often a lot more with questions of governance and new processes than with high technology. I think um, the technology aspects of these solutions, they are well known um, in other cities as well.
0: Those are all two terrific initiatives, really. And we will get to this uh, co-creation process or the, the processes in general in a moment. Now, if we if we look into the broader energy and climate strategy of the city of Munich, I know that the city of Munich has a very ambitious energy and climate target. You want to be Come climate neutral by 2035 uh, for the city area, and the deadline is even shorter for the city administration, as such, which plans to be climate neutral by 2030 already. How did your work in the two neighborhoods contribute to that vision?
2: Um, I think we have learned um, a lot from the project activities in the field of energy and energetic refurbishment of buildings, mm-hmm. um, especially buildings owned by. Homeowner associations or multiple ownership associations. Um, And uh, across Germany, the rate of refurbishment is about 1% per year. And it would be necessary to modernize the energy systems of at least 2% of buildings per year to reach and to have the chance to reach the national climate protection targets. And um, thanks to the increased local consultation during the Smarter Together project, um, the M- MGS team—it's a city-owned society for urban rede- redevelopment. Um, mm-hmm. We could experience the, the analyze of um, energy systems of more than 2,000 residential units, and yeah, a total of more than 200,000 square meters. And um, yeah, the consultation included expert advice on measures for building for the building exterior heat supply systems, of course, the integration and expansion of renewable energy use. And so in the project um, period, the energy systems of more than um, 40,000 square meters um, of living space were modernized. And we could see during the, the project period that each year um, the percentage of, of um, refurbishment increased um, to, to give some numbers from 2014 to 18, almost 2%. Um, was refurbished to high standard. And, um, in, in 2019, the, the figure rose above 3% and reached, um, 3.6% in 2020. And of course, this is a huge success. Um, we uh, almost didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, since the building sector is crucial when it comes to climate neutrality, um, we better stick to that sh- strategy also in the future and especially, um, yeah, in, on the transformation. Um, to to our targets.
0: These are impressive figures. You're far beyond really the average renovation rate, both in, in Germany and in Europe. So congratulations for that, especially for a, a building segment, uh, the, the multi-apartment buildings, which are really one of the difficult tasks with uh, many people having to be involved and to to take the decision. So, well, that's uh, that's really impressive. Um, I'd like to take a moment as well to focus on citizen participation. Um, Bernhard, can you tell me in which way did you give citizens the chance to have their say in, in how the neighborhood should be transformed, where and how did the co-creation happen with them?
1: Oh, well, it was planned from the beginning of the project to implement a physical living lab in the project area. We called it a Stadtteil-labor. So for the first two years, it was arranged in an empty ex-fitness center, center mm-hmm. in the project area. So we had a lot of place to prepare discussions about the project and the different tasks. We mm-hmm. were also available to organize our citizens' workshops in the different fields, like mobility, refurbishment, and ICT. And it was a very good opportunity to offer a one-stop shop uh, for the citizens to learn more about us and the project. So at the end, we had more than 25 co-creation workshops and more than 4,000 visitors uh, in the Living Lab uh, over the past years.
0: And in the end, in which concrete way did the quality of life of those citizens improve? Can you give an example of of what changed really for the residents in those neighborhoods?
1: Oh, I think it's uh, different examples there are. But uh, one good example maybe is the mobility stations we built, like uh, Verena mentioned, Eight of them at different points in the project area, so the citizens could use a completely new way of sharing mobility. They could test e-car sharing or pedelecs over a long period and took the opportunity to live with completely CO2 less mobility. Sustainable mobility and clear air living was one of the results for the inhabitants of this area.
0: Now let's have a look at the role of digital data and ICT in urban renewal processes. I mean the project was called Smarter Together, so the smart doesn't come from nowhere. You worked a lot with smart meters and connected infrastructure and the the mobility stations that you mentioned are certainly one of one of the cornerstones also of the project and of of this digital uh, part of it. Verena, there's always this ambivalence of of collecting data. Uh, On one side, it can be seen as a helping tool that allows really to optimize comfort and to improve the the, the current context. And on the other side, there are all ways, and I know as a German, that in in Germany that's particularly strong, there's always this privacy concern, the risk of the citizen becoming the transparent citizen, etc. Was that a question you have
2: looked into during the project uh, absolutely, yes. And um, as, as Bernhard already mentioned, um, we, we tried right from the beginning of the project to involve citizens and interest groups as much as possible and also in regard to the topic of data. Um, and uh, Bernhard already touched um, that one of our yeah intensive forms of engagement um, was the um, so-called co-design processes, workshops. Um, um yeah created and um designed by the Munich Center for Technology and Society at the Technical University of Munich mm-hmm. um, yeah they organized a series of workshops um at the um already mentioned urban living lab um yeah to offer participating citizens to integrate their ideas but also concerns and um as you mentioned uh, data and data privacy is um, often um, more concerned <laughs> than uh-huh. um, the ideas are coming up with it. Um, yeah. And, and, um, a- as I mentioned uh, in the, in the beginning, one example or one project was the application for LAMPOS sensors. And, um, yeah. So in the beginning of the, the co-creation process, we dealt with very basic questions like what are sensors? What data do they measure? How does the sensor look like? And, um, are any personal data collected with them? Um, yeah. And, uh, in, in, this process, we engaged citizens to, to define, um, the areas of, um, of application, as I mentioned before. And, um, very important also give them the chance to, to exclude certain sensor technologies. For example, face recognition. I mean, not that the city of Munich intended to implement that, but mm. it was important to give the, to give the space for excluding. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's clever. And, and, and so you managed to build trust with citizens around those topics and to make them feel more comfortable with the, the, the smart solutions that uh, were implemented?
2: I think not for all of them, <laughs> but sure. I think we, we, we were able to build a, a quite a good basis for that. And um during the engagement process we've learned even more that the handling of data collection is very sensitive and um and um yeah, then created a local um we called it data consultation team, like locals together with expert experts um regularly met um and were kept informed about the latest developments, and always or continuously had had the chance to make suggestions and requests, so yeah, we tried to to um be as transparent as possible mm-hmm. um another um idea we had was um yeah also in order to to um bit more broadly address the topic of data and data privacy was to um Implement, uh, I would say, showroom for um, the, the smart data platform, and we called it transparency dashboard. Um, mm-hmm. And this dashboard gave citizens or anyone who was interested a clear overview of what data was being collected in the in the project and how it was processed, and what data sources were integrated, and what measures um, we uh, were taken to, to protect data privacy. And, uh, for which application certain data was used in the end. So I think I would say we, we, we've tried our best, but, um, yeah, I think you, you um, it, it's still, um, oh, it's always, um, a sensitive topic where you can't really catch everybody.
0: Definitely, yeah, but but you definitely showed that you were proactive and you tried to give as many opportunities as possible to citizens to, to understand and, and get most of the information. So I think that's already a good step towards this trust building and making sure that people understand. Um, now, so the, in the Smarter Together project, there was this collaboration with citizens and also other public and private stakeholders but the project was also lot around networking with other cities. Actually, Munich had the chance to learn with and from other cities, um, especially the two other lighthouse cities, uh, with lighthouse cities, which were Lyon and Vienna. Did the project trigger other networking opportunities uh, in? Around Munich or, or well, uh, in Germany, uh, elsewhere, and also maybe, what did you take away from this collaboration with the with the other uh, lighthouse cities?
1: Um, first of all, it was and it is a great and wonderful experience to work such a long time with all the fantastic colleagues from Lyon and Vienna. Mm -hmm. so all participated colleagues in Munich could work in the different tasks to learn more with a fast and well-known experience of each other from Lyon as an example we get many information about huge PV systems on buildings from Vienna we get great examples for e-mobility especially for buildings and the way of renovation of buildings Mm -hmm. so it's uh, a great way to, to work together on the um on the ideas and solutions for the the city of the future and to your next question yes of course the whole process we brought together the the four different big lighthouse cities of germany it was cologne hamburg dresden and munich so we met us and prepared the paper in 2019 with the first lessons learned in our lighthouse cities It was called voneinander lernen, to learn Mm -hmm. from each other.
0: So if you say paper, you mean like a policy paper or with position paper with policy recommendations?
1: Yes, it was a policy paper and it was shared around Germany to help other cities in starting um, the smart city process and to participate at our knowledge.
0: And yeah, to, talking about this knowledge, what is the legacy of this large-scale pilot that you did? I guess that's what you put in the in the paper, and that's what you wanted to share with others. What follow-up will you give to the learnings from Smart Together, or which were the la- learnings that you wanted to share with uh, similar cities?
1: First of all, it brought the smart city discussion on another level in Munich. So Mm -hmm. we have now different opportunities and concrete ways to work in all that fields. On the other side, we prepare new political decisions for the city of Munich to implement smart city strategies in the urban planning. And we had a great possibility to go with new projects uh, in the city. In 2019, for example, we got the bid for a project called Connected Urban Twins, together with Hamburg and Leipzig.
0: now, before we end, uh, because we already get to the end of the interview, is there a general advice that one of you would like to share with other practitioners who want to transform their city and get into more innovative practices?
1: Uh, yes. Well, I think the most important thing is to see the smart city as a complex and long way for all citizens of city. So, one of the most important thing is to see the citizens as a part of this process. In this case, you have to define clearly what are the processes and possibilities for citizens to participate and what not. Also, it's absolutely necessary to show physical, concrete work in project areas in your city. So start with the process and integrate the citizens on an early stage.
0: That's a good point, point taken. And I hope that listeners will be able to, to put that into practice in their own cities. Thanks a lot, Verena and Bernhard. We we end the interview here. It was really exciting uh, to have you on the podcast and to learn more about this XXL test drive that you've been able to do and which is not that much test anymore. You talked about really cool things like the mobility stations or the citizen think tank Stadtteil-Labour. Um, I really hope that those, um, ideas are uptaken by other cities, uh, anywhere in Europe. I also take away that you did a lot in Munich on working in a very cross-cutting way. For me, that's really something important, combining the social and the smart innovation. You're, you seem to prepare the people in Munich for change and you show them with very concrete measures like those lampposts in the streets or well transformation of buildings, public spaces, what the city of the future can look like. This actually wants me to very much to travel to Munich very soon, as soon as I can, to see that with my own Yeah, to see that with my own eyes. Thanks a lot. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. So congratulations again really for the great job that you did together with Lyon and Vienna. And all the best to you for, for the next um, yeah, adventures that you could have in either in the smart area or in any other uh, urban project that might come up in the next future. Thank you very much, Miriam. It much. was a pleasure to talk to you. The same. Thanks a lot.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. And for our listeners, tell us what you think about this episode by commenting on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you listen to us. For those who want to get more information, have a look at the Smarter Together website, smarter-together.eu, where you can learn more about the three lighthouse cities in the project, Lyon, Vienna, and Munich, and much more.